Sent you guys asked. Um, interestingly enough, there were a lot that were like themed, right? So we grouped these into different themes and different sections. And I think um, one of the, you know, we won't get through everything today, but some of the questions that we want to get through, we'll tackle the really big ones first, and then we'll come back okay, to the others. So the first question, kind of first topic that I want to go to is the loneliness and turmoil questions, okay? There were a lot of questions about that. Um, somebody had asked the question, why does life suck sometimes? Right? And you know, I'll leave that up to, and I'll probably couple that with the other question of how do I stay happy when it feels like everything is going downhill, okay? So for our panelists, the question is being asked is, why does life suck sometimes? And how do I stay happy even when it feels like everything is going downhill? Yes, Pat. Sorry, just so, so the format is whoever has anything to contribute. Yes, whoever has anything to contribute to, please feel free. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll moderate you guys. No, whoever, you know, Holy Spirit hits to, to, to respond to these things, please. We're here to help these guys as best as possible. You guys want to know the answer to that question, right? Yeah. All right. Who asked the question? Oh, it's all anonymous. That one is all anonymous. No, <laughs> Just, there were there were some crazy questions, but those have been taken out. So don't worry, everything here is appropriate for us here today. All right. So I'll give you two minutes, and anybody that wants to add to that, please do. Okay. Pat wants to start us off. Um, bear with me, guys. Um, I was kind of thinking about how to answer this question, and uh... <clears throat> okay, so the question, why does life suck sometimes? Simply because it's just the way things are. That's what I would just say. Um, I'm trying not to make this sound very like doom and gloom, but like, the life we live is a very hard one, right? And unfortunately, right, the way that life is, we live in a very fallen and broken world. And there's scripture, there's this verse that says it rains on the just and the unjust, right? So those who are wicked, those who are righteous, those who follow God, those who don't follow God, good and bad things happen to all of us. And so... I didn't know how else to answer the question other than I can say just because that's how it is, right? Um, and then there was, to couple that, how would, it says, how do I stay happy even when it feels like everything is going downhill? Um, I know we have to go kind of quick on these, so I'm trying to, you know, be brief. Um, for me, there's a scripture that says, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And that's something I hold on to because there will be a point in time where you find that you can't find anything to be happy about. Um, and in those moments, you have to know that it's in his presence that you find that joy, right? The joy is not 
um, doesn't come from the circumstance, but it comes from Christ purely alone. Our situation, storms may arise, all the things may happen, but so long as you know how to, to lean on him, um, it helps you not look at the present circumstance, but you trust in the God that you serve. So that's the best that I could say at this time. Um, amen. Thank you for that. That was well said. Um, yeah, if you anything you guys want to add to it, and also I'll collaborate if you take us through the why do I feel alone question, you think? Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. Just to add a few to what Pat just said, yeah, sometimes, I think most of the times, life feels like it sucks, right? Life is not fair. You be a Christian, you pray, and not, nothing is going on well with you. Somebody does not come to church, everything is running good. Yes. That's how sometimes we feel. Sometimes we feel like Christ is not even with us. What is this God that we have? But I'm telling you, the moment you feel that, the, that's when get, God gets closer to you if you don't give up. You understand? When you start feeling those things, when those thoughts start coming to your mind, God want to test your pulse and see that will you give up at that moment. Alright? You have it. You serve a God that comes to rescue us um, no matter the situation. Alright? So life may be unfair. Yes. You sit in a classroom. You pray every day. Your grace comes in a sea or whatever it is. Right? And somebody who does not even go to church have the AIDS. Yes. That's how sometimes life is. You get to understand life that way, then trust your God that we said that in, in, in times like that, He'll come in there to rescue you. Amen. And I know that most of us have the testimonies where things were of that situation, but God came to rescue. All right. Um, the next question is how do I stay happy? Which one is that? Okay. All right, go ahead and tune in there. Um, who here believes God is good? Okay. So who here believes that everything God created is good? Life doesn't suck. Life sucks when we look at life through our lens and through our eyes. If everybody believes that everything God created is good, He created your life, right? So life is what? Right? Uh, Apostle Paul says he considers everything for a loss to gain Christ, right? Essentially what he's saying is nothing in this world is good. But if I have if I have God, if I have Christ, everything is good. Sometimes I don't know if y'all really paid attention to what Olivia was talking about yesterday, but Friday, right? She said a lot of very powerful things, extremely powerful things. And essentially, like the message that I wanted you guys to reach with what she was pointing out was everything has a purpose. And if we look at it through the lens of God, we will know that everything that he does is for our good. But we are so consumed with 
being within ourselves and not in Christ. And that's why it seems like it sucks, but once we step into the lens of Christ, we notice that the things that we do is for his glory. And the life that we live is for his glory. And how can God get glory out of something that's bad? Everything that he created is good. Your life is good. Amen. I also have something to contribute. So I think a lot of the times when we think about Christianity or we are entering into Christianity, we think that, oh, okay, now I'm a Christian, everything's gonna be good, right? Things are not going to be hard, you know. We just gonna cruise on through this life and make it into heaven and then cruise on in heaven too. And that is highly false. <laughs> it is very false, we know that um, since the time of Adam and Eve disobeying God and eating whatever they ate, the fruit. Since then, we live, we live in a fallen world. That means we are not living in a perfect world, like how we were supposed to in the Garden of Eden. We live in a fallen world, world too. That means that trials and tribulations will come. But I know for me, one thing that the Lord has um, always tries to teach me is to look through life um, through his lens, through his perspective, and not looking to life through our perspective. Because if we look to life with a fleshly or a carnal or worldly perception, you're always going to be depressed. You're always going to go through anxiety. Why, you know, even um, Olivia's um, word she gave on Friday, I feel like it even answers this question here, as Chris was saying. Why would Jesus be on the boat and there's a storm going on? Jesus, I mean, the whole creator of the world be on the boat and there is a storm going on. That's, that's to show us and to tell us that even though Christ is with us, there is going to be tribulations and trials. And one of the verses that comes to my mind when uh, we are speaking on this topic is Romans 5.3. And it reads, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. You do not see, when you look at these great men and, women and, men and women of God that we see on TV and whatnot, if you listen to their story, every single one of them has gone through something. Because what does it do? It builds your character. It builds you, it builds your faith. So let's say, you know, you've gone through something you know, and you were able to make it out with God being by your side. God is the factor. He has, you have to include God in the, in, in the matter. And you've gone through it. The next time something comes your way, you're gonna be more strengthened because you know where to go. You're, you're gonna be like, okay, I've gone through hard times before. I know to go to God. I know to go to read the word. I know to go and pray and fast. I know what to do. So even though the storm is going on in the boat, I know that Jesus Christ is next to me. So I don't have to fear. I know that I'm going to come out of this storm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. So how do I feel? Uh, how do I feel alone? Oh, why do I feel alone? That question. Okay. Amen. How many of you sometimes feel alone? Amen. Yes, as humans, we when we are alone in our house, we feel alone, right? But as Christians, when the moment we forget about who God is, then we, those thoughts start coming to our mind. 
Because the Bible says that I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. So no matter what we go through as believers, God is always there. Because you're not going to see Christ physically around you. The Bible says that he is spirit. And those of us who worship him should worship him in what? In spirit. So as believers, we always have to think that wherever I am, God is not going to leave me. Unless I decide to go my own way. Yet still he doesn't leave me. Alright, you're going to read something from Isaiah 41 verse 10. You know, um, sometimes, 41, Isaiah 41, somebody there. Learn something from there to there. Isaiah 41 verse 10. And I read, so do not fear, for I am with you. Okay? Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So this is God speaking to all of us. So the moment that you feel like you have been alone, you get to remember the scripture. You get to remember what promises the Lord has for you. He says that he's not going to leave you. So no matter the situation around you, God is still what? It's with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. So this question is a really, really great question because I think it comes from the perspective of, of us as young people right wanting to feel like we're part of a group wanting to feel like we fit in wanting to feel like we're not outcasts right but you have to remember that it is god who called us to come out and be separate okay so what i'm trying to say is that loneliness is not always a bad thing in fact the times that i was most intimate with god was when I felt the most alone. Sometimes loneliness is God's opportunity to meet with you. Because loneliness means there's no distractions. There's no people. Like you're almost out of yourself and that's the best time for God to come and meet with you. So, so in some cases you have to cherish your loneliness and more than anything, you have to desire to come out and be separate. If you're trying to fit in, guys, with other people, if you're trying to fit in with trends, you're missing the whole point of why God called us. We were meant to be set apart from what everybody else in this generation is doing. If you feel lonely, that's probably because you're extraordinary. It's because you have that extra thing that God has placed in you that separates you from everybody else. And you don't have to feel like for whatever reason, you're not fitting in or like you, you, you just need to get rid of all of that. The desire to please people, the desire to move with the group, like you find your group of Christians and believers and a community of people that you can fellowship with who understand what it means to be set apart. And when you have those moments of loneliness, that is your opportunity to turn to God. Like that, that he loves, he loves it when he has that time with you. Remember that when he sent the Jewish people the Ten Commandments, he didn't just deliver it to Moses in the midst of people. Moses had to climb a mountain and be secluded from the rest and be delivered the Ten Commandments. Remember that every time that Jesus wanted to fellowship with his God, he separated himself. 
In fact, the Bible says that he prayed and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights by himself, secluded, no disciples, nobody moving with him. And that was the time that the Bible says that the devil even tried. He came and he tempted him, right? And I'm sure Jesus, in his humanly flesh, I'm sure he felt lonely. But he also remembered who his father was. And he also remembered what the purpose of that seclusion was. So hold on to that. When you do feel lonely, you know, connect with the people here. Connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not try to be one with the world. Don't try to be best friends with people who don't know God. Because those are the things that will distract you from God and the things that will pull you away from God. If you want to be, if you want to grow in Christ, cherish those moments where you are totally alone and you are totally, like your attention is totally given to Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for your time for having us. Um, so quick add to that is just enjoy the time where you guys have the opportunity to be alone. You get to a point in your life where that's not a thing. Right? It's very difficult. And your time when you are alone, you're feeling lonely, like use that time to really dig deep and get to know the Lord. Because if you want to go from point one to 100 or whatever, like upgrade and improve and get better, you have to go through a wilderness period. You have to go through that alone period and nobody can go at it with you. Us here, there's so much we can share and tell you, but there's a point where we can't teach you the whole Bible, right? So it's a place where you have to be able to sit still with God in that time, right? So, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, does anybody have a follow-up question on what we've said? Okay, let's go. Who here remembers the story of Jonah? Jonah, right? It is funny, I'm just even remembering this. Sometimes God will put you in that place. <laughs> he will push you in that place, especially when you're being disobedient, especially when he's tugging on your heart. And he's like, man, okay, I really have to take this person away from everyone. I need to describe, I'm going through my own testimony right now. Just, just really look for God in these places. That's all I'm gonna say, look for God. And you know, one last thing, it's it, it all dials down to relationship, right? Relationship with Christ, relationship with the Father, because he equips you. Um, and without a doubt, you would not question why, you know, um, there is sadness in your life, because you would know why the root of that sadness, and you know, the, he will guide you with the Holy Spirit, will guide you to know what that root of sadness is. So I just want to let you guys know that it is all about the relationship that you have, you know, with God. As it increases, he lets you know how you're not alone. He gives you that community that you don't have to try and fit in. You know, he lets you understand, you know, why people say, oh, uh, why would you go out with us? And you're like, nah, I just want to stay like, oh, you're born. But in that time, the Lord will tell you, you create your own fun. If it's just sitting down and relaxing, you know, like, it is that relationship that gives you these answers, right? But if you don't have the relationship and you're in your room and, you know, you are asking why and then you can't even hear the voice of God, you wouldn't have, you know, the answers. So you question and then it goes to depression and it steps into one thing and another. And the thing is, he has a purpose for you, right? The reason why the world is not fair, 
no, don't, nobody knows. Don't, there's no reason why somebody should have 34 billion in the account. And somebody's on the street right now don't even have, what's it called, a dollar to buy food. There's a reason why when you look at your hands, right, none of them are the same height. There is, none of them are the same. It's not fair that this has to be the shortest. But let me, <laughs> let me tell you something. But let me tell you something. Have you ever cut your finger before and then you felt like you really need this at the moment, but then um, you don't, you can't use it. It's, it shows you how wonderful, you might never have thought about it, but it shows you how wonderful this was created for a certain purpose. So it's the relationship so that the Lord tells you this and that, this is what you're supposed to do. So yes, you know, increase your relationship and ah, you'll be great. You will smile even if somebody's shooting. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So I wanna yes, one last thing. Okay. So from the kind of what we just described or we just share with you is that sometimes loneliness is good, right? But when you do what you do during the period of loneliness is what matters first. Alright? From all that we just said, that a time will come you feel that period of loneliness. But most important what you do, what you search for when you feel alone. It's what will define you as a Christian. Amen. 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 Thank you. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Let's be real. Let's be real. Some of us feel lonely because we don't like ourselves. Because we don't know who we are. And in the time of loneliness, that is the time where you're supposed to be seeking God. Because the more you know God, the more you know yourself. Amen. So some of us, we chase after relationships. <laughs> we chase after boyfriends and girlfriends because we don't know who we are. We root our identity in being in a relationship. And that is a problem. Though the ones the ones that are actually ready for relationships are the ones that know themselves. If you don't know yourself, you ain't ready for nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, go no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not ready for anything like that. So you know what? Look, when you feel lonely, see it as something, see it as a blessing. Because it's more of an opportunity for you to dig into God and also dig into who you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm very surprised they didn't get like, there weren't any relationship with people questions. But I'm sure you guys have a bunch of them. Someday we'll do a whole topic on that, I'm sure. But I want to get into this next question that I've got here. My brothers and sisters. So, there were a lot of questions that also came up about feeling and hearing God. Uh, so I want to move over to that section. And I want to just ask one of those questions because they're pretty similar. Okay, well, two of those questions because they're pretty similar. The one question I want to ask for our panelists here, and please try our best to keep it to three, four minutes max. Okay, so we're at 107 right now. And one of the questions is, how do we hear God's audible voice? You look at question number 11, and you know I was going there. So number 11, how do we hear God's audible voice? You guys know what audible means? What does audible mean? Yes, sound, speaking, yes, sound. So how do you hear God say, my child, go to the mountain? Now, how do you hear that one? That's the question. Yes. How do we hear God's audible voice? Um, we know that God also has a will, right? And he's also able to choose who we speak to. Now, 
the honest truth is, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. There's no blueprint. There's no way to hear God's audible voice. It's literally impossible. Like if I'm to sit here and be like, go on fast for 90 days, you go on fast for 90 days and be hungry. <laughs> um, God reveals and he speaks to who he pleases. It's all about God. It's all about who he wants to speak to. If he wants you to hear his audible voice, believe me, you can be having sex and you will hear him. Or you can be on the top of a mountain praising him and you will hear him. He chooses who he wants to speak to. It's not about you. I'm telling you, bro, you, like, there's some people that will lie to you in this world, man. They will tell you to go and do this, go and do this, go and do this. Fake prophets, man. Fake prophets. God reveals his voice to who he pleases. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I think, really, really quick, um, did you have a follow-up question? Okay. Yes. Oh, we got that question here too. We'll come back to that real quick. What are the year two voices? So let's say on the, how do we hear God's out of, if there's any follow-up that you have on that, please. So uh, just to follow up on that, so Chris brought up a, a wonderful point that there really is no blueprint for that sort of thing. It's one of those things where you hear his voice and you recognize it because like Kobe said, you have a relationship with your father. Now this is great because Uncle Kankam is here. Mr. Kankam is here. Can you wave? Now, Mr. Kankam, most of us are familiar with him, right? But, right? We're familiar with him. But the only two people that could really recognize his voice out of a sea of people are Courtney and Stephen. Why? Because that is their father, right? If, 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 you know what I'm saying? If we're to call, if we're to call all of the men's fellowship into the room right now, and we told Stephen and Courtney to close their eyes and identify the man that is calling them as their father, Right? They would be able to hear and identify the voice of Uncle Kankam because that is their father. Can anybody explain why they recognize their voice? It's hard to explain it. They just do. Because they live with him. They communicate with him. They commune with him. They have a relationship. They have a relationship with him. You guys, like, we cannot stress this enough. Hobby said it just now. It's your relationship with your father that will give you the ability to hear his voice audibly. Right? Belinda, it gets confusing because sometimes you do hear a couple voices. But I promise you, press into that relationship. Because when your father speaks, there will be no question about it. If my dad were to open his mouth and call me right now, mommy, I, I know his voice. If God were to call me right now, I know his voice. You know it. 
you have to press into that relationship, guys. And if you want to be lazy, you'll never hear the voice of God. Come on. If you don't want to be intentional about getting to know God, about knowing his heart and then reading the word and praying and having a relationship, you'll never know God. But if you want to start hearing the voice of God, pursue that relationship as a daughter or a son in Christ. Amen. 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 So, the Lord loves all of us. Amen. So this question from what Olivia is saying. Yesterday I had I had a conversation with Stephen Sample. Mami K's husband. So we are outside and all of a sudden, the two kids called me. When they were talking, I grabbed the phone from I spoke. What happened was that they paused. I said, this is not daddy. So to, to, to speak on what Olivia just said, most of times, what is important is your relationship because when you have those relationships with Christ, you will know his voice. Even when two voices come in, you pause and ask, who is it talking? Whatever voice is coming, is it in line with the word of God? That's what I learned yesterday. The two kids just said, you call a grown man? So they call, they look at their phone to see they call the number. They call it and call back again. All right? And somebody else said, that's, that's Uncle Albert. You see? So it's important to have that relationship with Christ so that when he speaks, it happened to someone. When some, God called someone three times, he couldn't identify who's calling. Grandpa, are you calling? He said, no. And so, Grandpa said, go and, go and lie down again. God is what? Speaking to you. So as believers, as young people, it's important to build our relationship with Christ through the word of God. So that when he speaks, you will hear his voice. Amen. 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 Just Stephen, all of that is great. All of that is great. But as Chris said, please, there is no cheat code. There is no blueprint because that man Moses, right? That man Moses had just murdered somebody. What? <laughs> he he just murdered somebody, and then the Lord was like, hey. Remove your sandals. It wasn't, you know, like there is no he he has the will to. So it's not always hey, yeah, I don't hear the Lord's voice, so I'm not choosing. And so what? So yes, there is no I wish there was a cheat code. Ah, have I now dear? Oh, come go and cry. Amen. And I do want to jump to the next because we're at one fourteen. But Pat, did you have something really quickly you wanted to say? To, to number 12, and then we'll close it out real quick on, on this part. Because uh, they want to get to another section in here. Pat, there's something you wanted to say? Or? Okay, yeah, go ahead, add to it, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, this is just kind of a quick personal testimony. I know sometimes when we say have a relationship, I think sometimes it, it sounds kind of vague. How do you have a relationship with something you can't see, you know? We can't see God, how to, you know? You're supposed to pray, you're supposed to read your word, fine. Um, and those things are all part of developing a relationship. But I also want to add uh, the practical part of walking with him, right? 
And what I mean by that is, and I'm gonna share a little quick testimony of my own. When I was in college, I got very involved in the college ministry. And I remember I would like, you know, meet with people and talk with people. And at that point, I started feeling like certain things being pressed on my heart and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Like I was like, is this me or is this something else? I wasn't sure. And so I specifically remember being in class one day and I felt very strongly like the Lord was, I know now that it was the Lord, but at the time I was like, what is this? I felt this great prompting to talk to this girl, some random girl in the class, I don't know her from nowhere. And it was like, just talk to her, just talk to her. I'm like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. So I'm like in my head, it got so bad, y'all. I couldn't focus at all in class. I went to the bathroom. I washed my face. It was a whole thing. I was having a whole anxiety attack. I didn't know what to do. And literally, it got to a point, class ended. We were packing up our book bags. And I was like, just talk to her. Just talk to her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know what to say. So I finally went. I just tapped her. And she turned around. I was like, oh, snap. I can't. You know, there's no going back now. And um, I said, what's your name? And I, because actually it was also a name that was being played in my head. And I was like, what in the world? I can't remember the name now, but it was a name being played in my head. And I asked her her name and it was that very name that was playing in my head. And so I was like, yo, at that moment I said, geez, I think that was God speaking to me. Right. And so I say that to say that there are going to be moments where you feel oppressing on your heart. Like you, you need to do a thing. Right. And just just do it. Sometimes it's trial and error. You start to see God work in different ways like that. So long as it aligns with the word, right? Don't go and, go and do something crazy, you know what I'm saying? But I just wanted to give that practical example because that was something that happened with me. And um, I realized that that was how I could identify when it was God speaking to me. So. Amen. Thank you so much for that. The last thing that I'll add to that, guys, is all of these questions here on the feeling and hearing God, they all start with how. But what we really need to think about is why. I need to know why do you want to hear God's voice, right? You want to hear God's voice so you can say, hey, media, I hear God's voice. Too. Or do you want to hear God's voice as a way to be able to help other people and hear what it is that he's coming from? So when you are in the field, right, like working with the intention and the heart to be able to help people, God is going to equip you with what you need, right? And if that, that may be, you know, allowing you to hear his voice right there may be some of you guys one thing i want to say is that god is not god should not be put in a box we should never put god in a box for some of you he may never speak words to you that you can hear oh my child go to the mountain no for some of you that may that just may not be your thing but he will speak to you in a way that makes the most sense to you right you will know like for some of you it might be visions for some of you might be in dreams god is not in one box right so that's the main thing that you guys need to see from that. Um, and to hear or to operate in the, in, in, the, in the specific giftings that God has given you, first you need to understand the why, and you also need to appreciate the logos over the rhema. A lot of times, well, the difference between logos and rhema. Logos is reading the word, what you guys got there with your Bibles, right? And then you want rhema, rhema word, which is hearing, which is seeing, all the different other ways that God communicates with you. I know we're going to school, right? Really quick, all right? In order for you guys to get to Rhema, you better get an understanding of Logos because this then transitions to our next question, which our sister Belinda, you were asking low-key, right? Which is, yeah, now we're going to number 12, yes. Which now is, how do I know if God is talking to me and not words that I put in my head? My only quick thought on that before I give it to our panelists is you must understand 
what your word says. The people that are at the treasury, right? They have a they they know how to tell a fake from the real, right? When they look at a dollar bill. They study the dollar bill. They don't study a bunch of fakes. Because there's a million fakes out there. But if they study the dollar bill and they see something that's fake, they're gonna know that this is not a dollar bill. The same thing with your word. If you study your word, God is not going to say something that counter contradicts his word. Okay? So I'll pass that to our panelists. Anything they want to add to that? As to how do you I know if God is talking to me and not words that I put in my head? Um, I don't know. You took my answer out of my mouth. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much the same thing. Reading the word is very essential. You know how you sound. You know, but reading the word is, will that will teach you how God sounds like or how God speaks. I know God has spoken to me and he gave me, let's say like vocabulary words and I have to go look it up. Cause I'm like, I know this ain't me cause I don't know what this word means. I gotta go look it up. And it makes perfect sense when I go and look up the word. But um, the word pretty much, dive into the, the, the word of God you know, read different, I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, is him speaking all throughout. So if you wanna, you wanna know how God sounds, or maybe how God articulates, whatever that is, go to the word. And understand that, I think who was saying that, Uncle Albert was saying that, God speaks through many things. I've had an experience where the wind blew and I heard the Lord speak. I was just outside walking my dog, Charlie. And the wind blew. She cute, y'all. But anyway, the wind blew. And I just heard the Lord speaking to me. And I was like, wow, the Lord really. I've, I've had a, uh, instances where I, it, it was just a tree moving outside in the windows, moving along with the wind. And the Lord began to, began to speak to me through that. Some people you will see pictures. Some people it's water. I know when I get near water, I I, I hear and Chris when I get near water, I, I begin to hear more of God. There's different because God has deposited very unique things into each and every individual, there's different things that can speak to each and every individual. Each and every one. I know sometimes when I go to sleep, I'll sleep with rain sounds on because it's something that suits me. And it's something that calms my mind down. And if your mind is cluttered, it's going to be very difficult to hear from God. Some of us, we need to declutter our mind, declutter our spirits. If you're thinking about school and da -da 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 -da, it's going to be hard, very hard to distinguish between your voice and God's voice because there's so much in you. There's so much going on in you. What I will suggest is go to a quiet place. You know what I'm saying? Just quiet. If you need a little music, soft music in the background, go ahead. If you need some water playing in the background, go ahead. Go to a very secluded, quiet place and sit. Sometimes you have to sit and let your, your mind declutter first. Let your spirit become decluttered first before you can begin to hear from the Lord. And don't be afraid to speak to him, my Lord. I can't hear you right now. My mind is cluttered. My spirit is too cluttered right now and I cannot hear from you so help me Holy Spirit help me and let me tell you be desperate for him the, the Lord loves a desperate heart 
be desperate, my Lord. I really want to hear you right now. And I believe that I can hear you. So here I am in my state. You don't have to approach him um, holy because you know we ain't clean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I look, it's not to you, baby girl. Sorry. I know I look at you, but it's not to you. <laughs> the way she made her face, but he knows we're not clean. Go to him being real with him and being real with yourself that, Lord, this is who I am in the moment, but I want to hear from you because I know that I can hear from you. Like Kobe was saying, Moses had just, he just murdered somebody. You know what I'm saying? And you heard from the Lord. So yeah, I encourage you guys, go to somewhere quiet. Go to somewhere, see, be in your room, close the lights, do something. I shut off my lights sometimes. Shut the lights off and just be there. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, so something I, I kind of want to add. So, yeah, this question is, well, you know, how do I know if the Lord is speaking to me and not my own words or words in my head? Um, I think something that's really important, that's something, really all of these questions are a matter of discernment. Um, yeah, the, so the word discernment, who knows what discernment means? You know, discerning, right? It's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of doing the work to figure out the truth, um, doing the work to figure out the truth. Um, and so when I read question 12 about like, how do I know if God is speaking and not me? Or it's like, or even in general, like, how do I know the Lord is leading me in a direction and it's not myself doing that? Um, I think it first starts with like surrender, right? Like you need to like surrender your will and your way, like to the Lord. And before you can surrender your will and your way, you need to know what that is. <laughs> like you need to know what like the things that you want are, right? You need to like acknowledge them. You need to be like, yo, these are the things I want. Uh, these are the places I want to go, the things I want to do. Like, you need to, like, beep that for yourself um, and then, you know, be able to surrender. And then I think a part of this is, it's like, it's really practical. It's, it's, sometimes this stuff becomes really practical. Um, and I think one more thing I want to add is, like, don't sleep on wisdom. What I mean by that is that, like, there are things that um, I think often when it comes to discerning what the Lord wants for you or, like, what the Lord is saying or directing from you, they're... It's, sometimes it feels like there's there's a conflict between like wisdom and like the Lord speaking and the Lord directing. And the reality is like if you look at scripture, there are so many times over and over and over again where the Lord uses the path of wisdom to guide someone in a direction. And once they go in that direction, he'll confirm it like with his word or he'll confirm it through somebody else or he'll confirm it with like his voice. Um, and so like as you all are like trying to process things or think about where to go or what to do, like don't sleep on wisdom, right? Like wisdom is that like experiential knowledge. It's like the processing of things, like access to facts, y'all. Like when it comes to like figuring out what the Lord wants, like it's like the process, like I think sometimes I, I've overcomplicated this and I've had to learn it the hard way where like, like access the facts, like what are the things you need to know about the thing that you want to do, whether it's a school you want to go to, a person you want to pursue, like whatever that wants to be, like access the facts, right? And then pray for direction and then pray for peace and then like, you know, and then make that decision um, after surrendering that thing to the Lord. And so, like, don't sleep on wisdom and, like, actually, like, y'all do the work, like, do the work to figure out, like, the path. Like, do the work, right? And then once you do that, that work and you have that information, like, go to the Lord and be like, I have it. I'm surrendering it to you. And then he'll be like, great. Now that you know your options, you know what's going on, I'm going to speak to you and you'll know, like, clearly, like, oh, that makes perfect sense, right? So please, like, don't, like, do all of these things. Go, like, make time, like, you know, be in a closet, like be by yourself with the Lord. But y'all, like, please do the work. <laughs> like, please do the work. Like, get the counsel. The Lord speaks to people. Like, yeah. do the work, um, and then, um, and then surrender that work to the Lord. Because um, in many ways, yeah, that's yeah.
that's a, that's a good talk there. But yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Um, I think uh, one thing that just ends with this one before we go to the next one. I think probably have time for one more. Who just be? Oh, someone tied us up? Yes. But what if like what you heard has like nothing really to do like like I don't know like read your book like that like. I wouldn't say that has anything to do with the Bible, so that could be like common sense, but that could also be God trying to tell you like, oh, read your book. So like, how would you know which is which? Like read your book for like school or something? Yeah, like that. Yeah, so in that case, it, it all comes back when you read the word, because you're applying wisdom, right? If, you read, if I read my book, I'm most likely going to do better on my test, right? Or I'll know the information that I need there. So at that point, you only need to ask, is this coming from God? Or is this coming from my own head, right? In a scenario like that. Um, like what I want to say is like, guys, this, don't, let's not complicate this at all. Right? God is not complicated, right? But oftentimes we complicate him with so many things. Right? God is not meant to be complicated. Um, there are some difficult situations that we'll go through. You seek counsel, you pray about it. And a lot of times, even in my own life, I know what the answer is. If I could be real with you, I know what the answer is. I just don't like the answer that I heard, right? So then I start talking to all these people. Oh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? You think this? Yeah, mm, you're right, right? Right, like we know what the answer is a lot of times. God is not, like, he loves you and he's not gonna come and chat with you in a way that you will understand, okay? Um, just trust that when you go to God and you want it, all these things you want to hear God, when you go to God, there is consequence, right? Now, consequence is that you may not get the answer that you want to hear. And then you got some conflict, right? I was like, oh, God, I didn't think he was going to say that. Let me go to something else, right? So if you go to God, I know that he may give you something that you don't necessarily want to hear, but it's what you need to hear, all right? God gives us what, you, what we need, amen? So I think we have time for maybe one more. I'll check in and see where we are in the, are they, are they done? Yeah, please check where they are in there, if we have time for one more. Um, I think this is a very important question. I want us to move over to the battling sin question. And then, I don't know, we'll talk among and see what next week looks like. Yeah, you think next week on that one? Okay, I'll do a lighter one then. Okay, the lighter one that we have, maybe just on evangelism and apologetics. All right, we'll come back to number three perhaps next week because that needs a lot of time you guys all agree yeah we'll come sorry i wrote number three here we'll come back to number 13 and 14 at a later time because i think that needs some more delicate patience okay so we can do numbers one and two which is on evangelism and apologetics so one person asked the question why would a muslim or a jew switch to christianity when they have no problems that was the question. Why would a Muslim or a Jew, let's say somebody who is a non-believer, why would they switch to Christianity? Why would they become a Christian when they have no problems? They do got problems, they just don't know yet. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, think, I think it's not the, the, um, it's not the, the problem per se. It's you as a Christian trying to let them know the lights. Because um, the Bible says that we are the light of the world, 
and the son of this earth, right? So, <clears throat> it may I tell you, we've been to a Muslim community before when we wanted to preach to them. They have issues, right? Until you get to them, they would, you wouldn't know that they have issues. Because some of them go to their mosque with all this thing, you know, thinking about somebody going to harm, harm them. We come here thinking about we are going to be at liberty because of Christ, right? So there's something that other religions, but we are not here to condemn. We are here to speak the word. And we allow Christ to take his own course, right? I'm not going to say um, Muslim is this or Jews are that, but we know the light as Christian. All that we can talk to them is about telling them the light. All of us, even Christians right now, we have issues. All of us, some of us have issues. But that does not take the fact that Christ came to die alone and to save us. When you read Quran, and those of you have been listening to those things on YouTube, Quran, Muslim physically don't, don't recognize Christ as God. We recognize Christ as God, right? But in Muslim, in uh, Muslim, Quran, Jesus, who was, I'm forgetting the name of the Lord. Yes, sir. He created a bird, and a bird is a living thing. All of us know that, right? And there's nobody on this earth that created a living thing except God. So that even implicates what we are for. But we are not there. We are not here to condemn what somebody. Is. We are here as believers to show them that there's a life somewhere. All right? Amen. Am I making sense here? Okay. And I think just to add some guidance to this, too, and then you can continue, is that. Perhaps where this person is coming from in this question is the assumption, the underlying assumption here is that Christians have problems, Muslims don't have problems. So why would I tell somebody who is a Muslim to come and become a Christian and get problems, okay? So there you go, continue. Okay, because I was about to ask, you know, like if some, because the question is very, you know, I some way if the person could explain, but what I can say is, right, um, the reason why they will switch is because they want the key, right? I have a bunch of keys here. There's one key pair that will go to my house. I don't know how you get into my house without the silver key, right? So if you want and you want to use your hands to go and enter into my house, you can try it. But I believe you me, you will stand outside in the cold. There's only one key that can go into my house and that's the silver one here. So if I don't have this key, I'm not getting in, I'm sorry. So the reason why they will switch is because somebody has told them there is a key and they want that key. Amen? Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Me, that's what I get from you, so. Thank you. Olivia, you wanted to say something? Yeah. I heard we have about 10, 15 minutes, so we have a little bit of time. Go ahead. Um, so I love Kobe's analogy with the keys because that, that's what this whole thing is about. Like that's the whole point of religion. We're all just trying to get to our final destination. And all of these religions have different perspectives and different understandings of what the end of this life looks like, okay? Jews are in their own category because they are categorized as God's chosen people from the beginning, Abraham's descendants. And God has a special covenant with Abraham. So, so Jews kind of, they're, 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 that's a deeper, there's a deeper way that you have to address Jewish people because they're still waiting on their Messiah. 
But when it comes to Muslim, Muslims, right? So Christianity and Islam being the two biggest religions in the world, the two most contending religions in the world, and yet we have so much in common. We have so much in common. And so when you're talking to a Muslim or you're trying to explain the concept of apologetics, like you realize that the Old Testament, they don't deny any of that, right? In fact, a lot of this starts with Abraham, God's the, the one that God had promised, right? The, all of these descendants and um, that pretty much the lineage of Jesus Christ was going to come through, right? But do you also know who else came from Abraham? The prophet Ishmael. That is the prophet that they follow, the prophet that came and descended and gave them all of their religious texts. And you realize that they all come from the same lineage. They all come from Abraham, right? The problem with Islam on a very practical, and this is not for you guys to go and take it to, to someone directly, but this is just for you to think about, right? Remember like several weeks ago, I talked about how whenever the devil comes, He's always trying to do something counterfeit to what God is doing. So in other words, he won't do something completely independent of what God is doing. He will try and mimic what God is doing so that it's almost the same, but it's like if you don't have the right discernment, then you'll miss the point, right? So remember that God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. He promised them that they were gonna have a child. And Sarah and Abraham grew impatient instead of waiting on God to give them the rightful child that belongs to them, they decided to take matters into their own hands, go to Hagar, she was like the, the housemaid, the servant, the lady who you know they hired to do things around the house, and instead Abraham went and slept with her and had a child, okay? If you look back in Islamic history, the prophet Ishmael descends from the child that Abraham and Sarah had. Okay, I'm oh, sorry, the prophet Muhammad comes from, the Ish, from Ishmael, the child that they had, right? The counterfeit version of what God had promised to Abraham and Sarah. And even when they disobeyed God, God still gave them that promised child. And that is the descendant of where Jesus Christ comes from. So on a very fundamental, practical note, like Ishmael, Muhammad, Islam, it's almost there, but it's not quite there. And it still doesn't answer the question of salvation. How do we distinguish who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? Muslims will tell you, well, you know, if you pray however many times a day, if you obey the, the laws and you do this and that, then you can get yourself into heaven. But what about, uh, there's a question in here about murders. What, what about the people who actually commit like crimes, heinous crimes? Like, are, are you telling me that all they have to do is say a prayer? a couple times a day, and then they go back and do the same thing, or, or they, they pray for forgiveness and then they come back. Like, like how, how do you deal with their crime? How does that go punished? And the idea is no crime under the eyes of God goes unpunished. But for believers, somebody already came and took that punishment, period. And that is your key into the doors of heaven. Christianity is your keys in the door of heaven because all you have to do is accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Let him come into your life and change it. Change the way you think, think the, or change the way you move, change the way you operate, and that becomes your key into the doors of heaven.
But if you are a Muslim, or even if you're a Jewish person, you still can't answer that question of how do I guarantee my spot here? Because who has then paid for your crimes? Who has paid for the things that you've done? There's got to be an atonement, or there's got to be something that is done that addresses that. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ as the one who takes on that punishment, then guess what? You're going to take that punishment as an unbeliever. And so that, that you have to kind of read and sit. I mean, the whole area of apologetics, honestly, I do encourage you guys as young believers to just, just tap into it. It just talks about the practical, not always the spiritual and I feel this. It talks about the very historical, practical, knowledgeable, like, like people who are scholars, who understand logic, can explain this religion and how Jesus Christ, amongst all these other gods that people worship, for some reason, Jesus Christ, they can't find his body in the tomb. And for some reason, the, own, the, the guards who were supposed to be guarding his tomb, like they're the ones that are saying, wait, he's not there. So why would you have your competitor or your enemy seemingly support your claim that you're the God, right? It gets into all of these areas of understanding so that the more that you read and the more that you understand and you take it and you compare it to the word, the more you realize that what you're just trying to communicate to these unbelievers, as Kobe said, is look, this is the key to the door that we're all trying to get through. Amen. 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 Thank you so much.